Office Mates, Wes Ibarra again, this time with a fresh episode of the Wildcat Offense, brought to you by Offsea Sport, that's O-F-F-C-I-E-S-P-O-R-T. You can find Offsea Sport wherever you find your podcasts, and on YouTube, search Offsea Sport, that's once again O-F-F-C-I-E-S-P-O-R-T. Your support, your listening, your presence means so much to me and the project, and I hope that you continue to do so while pushing the podcast forward to your friends, family, colleagues, whatever it may be. It's the Office Sports Talk on the mics. So, Northwestern football. Not the greatest start to the season with a loss to Rutgers 24-7 in the week one opening game, but we bounce back big with a 38-7 drubbing of University of Texas El Paso or UTEP. It's the home opener. First home game for interim coach David Braun. First game for Northwestern at home. Everyone comes back to see this, and boy, were we in for a show. I was telling you last week that the odds makers are disrespecting the Cats by putting them as a two-point underdog at home against a 1-1 one one team that's not a Power 5. Now, this is not disrespect to the UTEP Miners. Obviously, they got a win before Northwestern did, so, of course, on paper, they're a good team, but come on. Come on, we can't let one really bad loss on the road define how the team is going to go. I understand. There's all these there's all these allegations, all the, the mess that athletics and the program has gone through, but... Of course, these are still Big Ten players at the end of the day, and Big Ten players produce. So, like I said, um, NU had a drubbing of UTEP of a score of 38-7. to Northwestern improves to 1-1 one one on the season, while UTEP falls down to 1-2. Beautiful day in Evanston. 14,851 attendees. Uh, on a nice, beautiful September Saturday, here are our scoring breakdowns. 11.08 mark at the first quarter. UTEP strikes first with a pass four yards from Gavin Hardison to Zach Fryer. That drive was eight plays, 70 yards. Time of possession, three minutes, 52 seconds. However, later in the quarter, NU strikes back with a six-yard run from Backup quarterback Jack Losh. That drive was 8 plays, 71 yards, 3 minutes, 22 seconds, time of possession. Ties it up at 7-7. Unfortunately, during the second quarter, there didn't seem to be much action, unless you're a defensive fan, and both defenses really, really stepped up in that quarter as no points were scored. But come halftime, our Cats opened it up. 819 mark, Thomas Gordon receives an 18-yard pass from Ben Bryant. 13 plays, 79 yards, 6 minutes 36 on that drive. And then you NU, sorry, takes that lead 14 to 7. 603 mark, Ben Bryant runs it in on a one-yard run, three plays, three yards, one minute 27 second drive. I believe that was based off an interception from the defense. NU goes up 21-7. 251 in the third, Joseph Hyman II receives an 85-yard pass from backup Ryan Holinsky. Three plays, 88 yards, T.O.P. 126. That was a big short pass play that ended up having a lot of yards after catch, so Hyman took it to the house. 28-7 NU. 
Now we go to the fourth quarter, 707 mark. Our guy, AJ Henning, scores his first touchdown of the year, four yard run, eight plays, 90 yards, five minutes, 25. NU goes up 35 7. And at near the tail end of the game, fourth quarter, three minutes, 53 seconds. Jack Olson, our kicker, hits a 40 yard field goal. That drive lasted four plays, nine yards, one minute, 16. I believe, again, that drive was based off of an interception committed by the defense. So a lot of defensive and offensive highlights in this game. Um, Again, of course, UTEP is not Rutgers, but you want that confidence booster, that good win against a, you know, a very, very solid team. You know, it's not like they're playing a Division II or a Division III. Again, no disrespect to those programs, but... To have wins against those types of teams that are probably on the better half of their own conference, and those conferences are still pretty recognizable, again, very, very good. Very good. Looking at the breakdowns here, um, I will say the one thing that really struck me is that NU struggled again with time of possession. 31 minutes, 21 seconds to 28-39 in favor of UTEP. Of course, it wasn't as bad as the Rutgers game where Rutgers seemed to have the ball like 90% of the time and NU's offense did not seem to um, have the ball ever. And luckily, there was a lot of improvement, right? Um, The biggest breakdown was that in the first quarter, UTEP seemed to dominate the ball and the second quarter, which was kind of like the story last week. But it seemed like NU made an adjustment, turned it around in the third quarter, and it seemed about even in the last quarter, uh, being 741-719 to 719 in favor of UTEP. Third down conversions, I think, were pretty big for Northwestern this week. 6 of 11 as opposed to 3 of 13 for um, UTEP, uh, which is a big improvement from last week. I couldn't seem to remember how many third downs Northwestern converted last week. I felt like I wouldn't be surprised if it was zero, to be honest with you. But big improvement there. Big improvement on third down because you don't ever want to go three and out very constantly in any given game because then you're not going to really score. So for NU to improve on that regard, very, very impressive. Makes me very happy. It should make you all, uh, Northwestern fans, very, very happy too. Now let's look at our individual stats. Big improvement. QB1, Ben Bryant, 11 for 17, 116 yards, one touchdown, no picks. His longest pass was 43 yards and only got sacked two times. I think last week he got sacked five times. So shout out to the guys up front for keeping Ben Bryant upright more often this week. Uh, And shout out to the two backups, Ryan Holinsky and Jack Losh. Ryan Holinsky only had one pass. However, uh, he did have 85 yards on the day. And that ended up being the touchdown to Joseph Hyman. So how about a good QBR for your day, right? You just throw one pass, 85, for six, take it to the house. You know what? Job done. I do anything to have that kind of stat line. Or even just have my first college pass for the season. Just be like, right, take it to the house. And then, of course, there's Jack Losh, one for two, six yards. Um, no sacks for both Helinski and Losh, but Losh was more of, a, or Lausch was more of a rushing attack, which I will get into right about now. Um, rushing was so much better this time around. Cam Porter, 17 touches, 90 yards, 
overall. No losses. His longest run was 16, averaging 5.3 yards a carry. Again, our guy, Jack Lausch, four attempts, 55 yards, uh, with a loss of two, so overall 53. He had one rushing touchdown on the day. Longest run was 46, averaging 13.3 yards a carry. And then A.J. Henning, one of our big offensive threats, four touches, 35 yards, no loss, so 35 overall. A touchdown, longest run of 17, averaging 8.8. So getting involved in two facets of the offense rushing and receiving um so for him to be a very good gadget type player for us that's going to take us very very far this year at least from a statistical standpoint receiving of course man of the day was joseph hyman the second sure he had one uh reception but 85 yards to the house big yac there or yak cam johnson three wrecks 51 yards longest was 43 Thomas Gordon, one reception, 18 yards, one touchdown. So he had the other offensive touchdown on receiving end for the day for the Cats. Uh, longest was 18 yards. That was his only target. Hey, make those one targets count. And uh, followed by Bryce Kurtz, AJ Henning, Cam Porter, Lawson Albright, and Calvin Johnson II. On the UTEP side, they threw out two quarterbacks, Gavin Hardison, 17 for 25, 192 yards, one touchdown, two picks. Longest pass was 36 yards with four sacks. Their backup came in later in the game, Jake McNamara, two completions, five attempts, 23 yards, one pick, 15 yards, longest pass, no sacks. So great job on the D-line for getting to the quarterback, four sacks. Where was that last week? I don't know. That doesn't matter. They got the four sacks this week, and I hope that they're now kind of like getting their feet settled in, literally and figuratively, and of course they can start pushing back that Duke offensive line this coming weekend. Um, rushing, the biggest achiever there, Torrance Burgess Jr., seven touches, 34 yards, uh, 12 longest run, averaging 4.9 yards a carry. Receiving yards, uh, the leader here was Jeremiah Ballard. Four receptions, 92 yards. Um, zero touchdowns on the day, but he had a 36-yard pass. That was his longest for the day. And the other highlight I want to focus on here is Zach Fryer. Two receptions, 11 yards, one touchdown. So he had the lone offensive touchdown for uh, UTEP uh, that day, which was on the opening drive. So um, another thing I did really want to bring out, with that was that yeah again nu defense seemed to struggle again on the first drive um of course those can be the drives that determine the tempo and the expectation for the game um it's obviously if you're a defensive guy that's that's not good to be opening up and giving results to the other team on first uh set of downs for the game but i'm glad that over the course of the game they seem to make adjustments get to the quarterback more create turnovers which is something that northwestern's offense was doing last week but didn't seem to be doing this week so very very good I'll, again i'm just gonna keep reiterating this throughout the podcast guys a lot of improvement all right let's take a look at our individual defensive looks like our man of the day on d was rod hurd six solo tackles one assist one tfl one sack Xander Mueller, five solo, two assists, tackles, seven overall, one and a half uh, tackle for loss, 
one sack and one pick returning at 28 yards garnett hollis jr with five tackles Devin Turner with five tackles as well with one PBU or pass breakup. And then, of course, our fearless leader on defense, Bryce Gallagher, with five tackles, four solo, one assist with a pick. Um, Other highlights I would like to put out are Joe DeHaan with one pick on the day. He had also um, two tackles, if I'm looking correctly. Uh, Let's see here. Yes, he did. And, of course, there's... um, Sean McLaughlin with a PBU and a quarterback hit. He also had two tackles on today. So it seemed like a very, very complete game for NU. Um, the only thing, I guess, would be a uh, would be a tough one would be, let's see here, if I really had to look, probably, again, just uh, A.J. Henning on offense, you know, of course, we expect more, but hey, he like I said, he really killed it on the rushing part of the game. That's really what um, matters a lot when you can provide for more than one facet on offense. So still, he did that. Uh, again, if, if the team can um, focus on the time of possession as well as setting the tone early, on defense, I think the team will be fine next week when they go down to uh, Durham to play Duke. Um, I will say it's good to see the offense flourish. Ben Bryant seemed to be a lot more comfortable. Um, we did see a lot of Helinski last season because NU seemed to have a revolving door of quarterbacks and of course, to very limited success, but to see guys like Lausch and Holinsky uh, succeed uh, behind Ben Bryant today, of course, or I'm sorry, Saturday, that is a very good sign. Um, I would have loved to see a lot more uh, pass plays because, like I said, Ben Bryant only had 17 attempts for today. But then again, of course, if your running game is well and offensive line seems to be clicking there you could save those arms for another day let's take a quick break um when we come back i will give my predictions on the upcoming game against the duke blue devils welcome back to the wildcat offense once again Feel free to pass along this podcast to friends, family, colleagues. They can find the Wildcat Offense as well as other projects from the Offsea Sport Group uh, through all podcast platforms and YouTube at Offsea Sport. That's O F F C I E S P O R T. Um, again, the support, the viewership, the listening, it means so much. And um, please. Please, if you love it, leave a five-star rate and review. This helps the podcast get more visible on all the platforms and on YouTube as well. Okay, so this week our cats go down to Durham, North Carolina to play Duke. Um, Of course, this is an opponent that Northwestern has played for the last couple years. Um, I believe last year they did come over to Evanston to play the the cats and 
Duke actually came away with the victory, uh, 31-23. Um, so, you know, people like to label Duke as a basketball school because of, you know, Chicago's own Coach K. And, um, of course, there's John Shire and all those guys, uh, basketball superstars that came from the area, Jabari Parker, Jalil Okafor. But, hey, they have been a very solid football program as well. As a matter of fact, not to keep making it about Chicago connections, but I didn't go to this high school, but I know a lot of people, friends, family that did, you know, they once had Lane Tech's very own Lakin Tomlinson, who was formerly of the 49ers, now is on the New York Jets, and, you know, first round pick. So, you know, shout out to Duke Football uh, for putting Chicago on the map and putting itself on the map, but... um. Back to the task at hand. So Northwestern's going down there. Um, Duke is 2-0 with the 21st ranking in the country. They just came off a 42-7 victory themselves over Lafayette. And they had that key win at the beginning of the season, 28-7 over Clemson, which had Clemson head coach Dabo Swinney saying it's one of the wildest games that he's ever played in or participated in, if I had that correctly. But... Man, when you beat a team that has been dominating the scene and constantly making the CFP, college football playoff, like Duke, that kind of helps your program be on the upswing and, you know, helps people see that there could be a opening in the ACC for the next best team. And, of course, you know, besides Lake and Tomlinson, Duke has also produced decent talent, you know. Daniel Jones, QB1 on the New York Giants, came from Duke. Um, But, you know, the player to watch for on Duke is Riley Leonard. That's their quarterback. Um, Went 12 for 12 on his last game against Lafayette. Um, and, And, of course, he had the performance of his life against Clemson. And there's going to be a lot of offense coming from this Duke program. And of course, it's going to be a tall task for our defense and also a tall task for our offense as well. As a matter of fact, our Cats are an 18 and a half point underdog against Duke. And that's from USA Today's uh, Sportsbook Wire. Me personally, of course, I'm going to back my Cats all the time. I think, if anything... Those guys should go out there, play as if they got nothing to lose, as if this is their championship game. Give Duke a hard time. Come out swinging. You know, if for me, I want them to win, but I understand that realistically, you have to understand that there's also reality. There's also gaps in, you know, talent, structure, whatever that may be. Not to say that our guys aren't talented. They're very talented. But, of course, with Duke being Duke and how they're doing, I'm going to say that the final score for this game will be actually closer than these um, than the uh, points uh, point differential that the book has it. And I'm going to go I'm going to go 28 to 14 in favor of Duke. Of course, you know, last year's game. Like I said, 
was a pretty high scoring one. I believe it was 31-23 if I got that right. I know I just said it, but um, we'll see here. Let me double check. It was, yeah, 31-23. And, you know, that's not bad. You know, eight-point game. So that's one possession or one and a half, however you want to put it. You know, of course, there have been different trajectories for both programs. So, of course, I'd love it to be a one-score game in favor of the Cats. But I'm just going to give it that score for notion of taking reality into perception. But hopefully the, the Cats can give them a shock early and make Duke work for that win. Let me know what you think, folks. Do you think Northwestern can pull off the unexpected and actually steal a win from the Blue Devils on the road? Or do you think that Duke is just that much better and they're en route for a great season after setting the tone, getting that week one or week zero win over Clemson? Let me know. Let me know. But that is it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for the support. Once again, find us on YouTube at Offsea Sport. That's O-F-F-C-I-E-S-P-O-R-T, as well as other podcast platforms spelled the same way, O-F-F-C-I-E-S-P-O-R-T. Um, I'll catch you all again next week with a recap of the Duke versus Northwestern game. And then, of course, a preview of next week's matchup, which is against the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Until then, I will see you all next week, and go Cats!